Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode, we take one of our favourite bands and dive deep into their history and origins, reminiscing on our own emo roots along the way. We've never taken a video of a signal. Yeah, I just realised <laughs> that as well when I was saying it. <laughs> There's the proof, we do it live every time. I feel like I could do it without reading it next time. Oh well, good luck, you can do it. Okay. <laughs> how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm so glad that you managed to escape the escape room. Yeah, just about. I did an escape room yesterday. And if you ever want to feel like you're really thick, do an escape room. <laughs> I just felt so dumb the whole time. I mean, I don't think I did much, but the biggest the biggest fail was we were searching for ages for a key. We knew we had to find a key, couldn't find it anywhere. And we'd been doing so well up until this point. So we asked for a clue. And your one was like, check the torch i.e. the torch I've been holding for about 20 minutes, which had a key attached to the end of it. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh God. Because I knew you were doing the escape room yesterday and then you didn't text me at all last night. And then she texted me this morning saying hello. And I was like, are you still in the escape room? Did you get I it? I mean, if it wasn't for the people I was with, I probably would still be there <laughs> this morning. But it was good fun. I recommend them. Oh, I have had a quiet week. I'm going to say some controversial opinions right oh, now. Oh no. <laughs> Okay, let's, let's, let's start let's as we mean to dive go on. right in. Okay, I'm gonna say, I am not a moon ass bitch. I'm not at manifesting things. I'm not charging my crystals with the moon. <laughs> I'm not into horoscopes. I'm not a moon ass bitch. And absolutely no judgment to people who are moon ass bitches, by the way. It's just not me. And I'm using moon ass bitch as a gender neutral term as well, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> oh good okay. just just to be politically correct about it um while i'm insulting people i'm gonna be <laughs> i want to i want everyone to know who's insulted who should be insulted there's like a big blue full moon this week and i'm the vibes are off that's the only way i can describe it everyone in work was talking about it we were like something's wrong something bad is gonna happen all of us had this like crazy anxiety and like i don't know we had characters in work we had like it was a bad time it was just and we think it's the moon? I'm blaming the moon. Fair enough. I'm going to say publicly on record, fuck the moon. <laughs> Surely the moon is like gone by now. I don't. I don't know. But or like Mercury. I mer- have Mercury? Mercury. <laughs> I think Mercury is Mercury. See, I don't know. What this it's kind of always stuff. in retrograde. I, I feel like it always is. Like once every three weeks. Do we know what they do even means? No. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I've basically hibernated this week. I've just come home from work and gone to bed and just trying to block everything out because... It has just been an off week, I feel, all round. I have just been trying to get through writing this episode. <laughs> I will hold my hand up and say I did not know what I was getting myself into yeah. when I picked Hawthorne Heights. It was a lot of music to listen to for a start. It was a lot of music. Now, not that I didn't enjoy it, but there was just a lot of it. Yeah. A whole lot of it. But we're gonna have we're gonna have a better week next week. I mean I had Blink to look forward to, but that's been postponed, we found out today. Yeah. But we do have the emo wedding of the year. The emo wedding of the year. Cannot wait. Next Friday, Joanne and Ryan. Congrats, guys. You haven't done it yet, but we'll say congrats after. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But at least we have something to look forward to. And hopefully I can be a human next week because I was not humaning this week. Yeah, that's that's all we can hope for. Yeah. To be a human. Do you want to get started on your Well, no, we feckin' better because (laughs) we might be here a while. Okay, we got a long long boy. Why would would I say that? (laughs) We got a long boy ahead of us. <laughs> right, let's go for it. Hawthorne Heights were formed in 2001. Can you guess where? <laughs> Ohio? Yeah! <laughs> I was like, should I know this? And I was like, obviously. <laughs> they were originally called A Day in the Life, which they took from the name of the Beatles song. 
Hmm. And the original. I know my stance on the Beatles. <laughs> this is starting off bad. I yeah. When I read that line, I was like, hmm, I thought of you. The original <laughs> thinks of me when they think of the Beatles. My controversial opinion. Because of that John Lennon hair you have. <laughs> You're the image of. Them. The original lineup consisted of J.T. Woodruff, Jesse Blair, Andy Saunders, Josh. Bethel and Andy Lazier which is a great surname <laughs> and I'm just gonna say I know this is not still the lineup but I couldn't really find anywhere when all these people left okay so somewhere along the way some of these people left and were replaced by other people and we just never mentioned it okay, okay. <laughs> so this lineup recorded a demo called four bullets for one girl which sold 500 okay. copies in two months and got the attention of confined records through Confined Records, they released a nine-track album called Nine Reasons to Say Goodbye in 2001 and a six-track EP in 2003. When I read this initially, I was totally confused because I thought their first album was The Silence in Black and White. But The Silence in Black and White was the first Hawthorne Heights album. Okay. Not a day in the life. Because I was like, man, I've listened to like 12 Yeah, I know, I was going to say, no, no. I don't know those ones. <laughs> <laughs> so the same year, A Day in the Life released their EP, their bassist was driving past a motel called Hawthorne Inn and Suites on his way to work. He suggested adding an E to the Hawthorne and adding Heights after it for their name and the band all agreed. And hence, from then on, they've been Hawthorne Heights. So basically he saw the word Hawthorne and yeah. like just, <laughs> just went from like, there. Yeah. After their name changed, they began writing for their next record. They sent around 35 separate press kits to various different record labels and a few of them showed interest, including Victory Records. Of course. They got two generic responses from the label, so the drummer emailed them and told them what they'd been doing since they got the letters. The next day, the founder of Victory Records, Tony Brummel, contacted oh, we them, would you know, and asked, could he see them in person? Six days later, they played a showcase for the label and received an offer shortly afterwards. One month later, all the members of Hawthorne Heights quit their jobs to focus on the band full-time and recorded their first album over a five-week period. They quit their jobs after a month being signed? That's, yes. That's um, ambitious, I would say. But like, already, how, what's that, like three records we've already released since 2001? Yeah, but I mean, it's not like they were going anywhere. They literally just got signed and they were like, let's give it our all. Like, fair play. That's but true. like, fair play. I would be too scared. Yeah, maybe that was the issue, though. Maybe yeah. you just need to... If I had to quit my job, we could have been big. We could have been big. <laughs> we could have been playing in the three arena on Tuesday night, not Blink-182. Yeah. Mm. Or at least supporting them. <laughs> oh, dream big. Okay, yeah. Headlining. They'd be supporting us. Fair. We wouldn't pick them to support us. <laughs> The lyrics from the songs were derived from personal experiences of the band. The Transition was the first song they had wrote after changing their name, and the title alludes to this. Nikki FM was written after Woodruff read various album reviews in preparation for the response to the band's album, and knows the theme where every band he liked was getting torn apart critically. Silver Bullet is the title after a movie of the same name, which is Woodruff's favourite horror film. And I found this weird. Ohio is for Lovers apparently talks about the band members' girlfriends, all of which who lived in Ohio and the band wanted to pay homage to them. Okay. Which, like, it's nice, but then it's like, cut my wrists and black my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> in summer of 2004, Hawthorne Heights went on a tour with Alexis on Fire, Silverstein and Emery and The Silence in Black and White was released during this tour. This album was Victory Records' highest selling debut album at the time of its release. Which is big. Yeah. It was originally slow to gain momentum, but once the video for Ohio's For Lovers was released, that was it. They started getting breakout success. Despite this, it received negative reviews from critics, several of whom thought the band's sound was formulaic. Mm. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert from my opinions yeah. on the band. <laughs> Do you not like this album? 
I'm gonna say I didn't like any of the 12 albums that I listened to but at the time did you like the song? I never listened to it oh. this is the first time that I've ever listened to Hawthorne Heights in my life apart from Ohio's for Lovers and Nikki FM they're the two songs I'd heard before this and now I've heard them all and I'm gonna say I wasn't missing anything but did you like Ohio's for Lovers? I hated that song when it came out. Yeah. Like, hated it. I was like, this is why emos have a bad name, is like, this cringe shit. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, embracing it. Yeah. And I'm like, what a tune. <laughs> I was kind of the same. I was almost like embarrassed to like it yeah. when I was younger, when it came out. But there was a particularly harsh review in all music where the reviewer said, quote, the closest the band come to originality is that they rip off bands in two different genres, trying to blend the pop emo of Thursday Jimmy World with the glossy commercial pop of bands like Good Charlotte. He added that they offered absolutely nothing new, but most of the songs have reasonably catchy choruses. This was echoed by a reviewer on punknews.org who prayed that they do something to differentiate themselves from their peers as they provide, quote, nothing new musically or otherwise genuinely that's how I felt listening to all their albums like I was like it's fine like I'm not like oh my god turn it off but I'm just like I was bored my mind was somewhere else yeah. like I was just it was just happening in the background and it was just all sounded just very formulaic yeah. generic I think I took notes on my phone and they're basically just like generic emo tunes is like what all my notes say but now this is like literally known as the emo anthem yeah like it is the most emo song that was ever written. Yeah. And everyone loves it now. I remember a few years ago, a girl I follow on Instagram that I know put up like, I'm trying to make an emo playlist to introduce someone I know to emo who's never heard it before. And they were like, she was like, what songs do I have to include? And I was like, this Obviously song. Oh, I asked for And she was like, it's already on it. I was like, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so as harsh as this review is, I do know what he means, like we said, because when I had this album, I really wanted to like it, but I remember being very underwhelmed. Mm. Like all the songs, Ohio's for Lovers is the standout song on it, and the rest of them are like, just waiting for something to yeah. happen here. And I definitely felt like they were cringe, and it was really hard to push against the perception that emo music and emo kids were all just depressed when you were singing lyrics like, cut my wrists and black my eyes. It was like, cut my wrists and black my eyes. But we're not emotionally depressed. Listening back to it now. So. Are we convincing ourselves? <laughs> what did I say to Jay? Remember we were like, but we always have a good time. Sometimes, kind of, maybe. <laughs> oh, but all the emo kids got behind them and this album has been certified gold. And it's been named as one of the most essential emo releases in a book written by two journalists Released in 2007 called Everybody Hurts, An Essential Guide to Emo Culture. Why do I not have this book? Uh, well, I'm like, I read that and I was like, what? Why? I need this, so gonna buy it. Well, we know we're getting each other for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so the year after this release, the band got straight to work recording their second album, If Only You Were Lonely, in 2005. This is a concept album which follows the long-distance relationship between a young couple who are unwillingly torn apart because of the boy's family moving. The first line of the opening track is, I know it seems like we're never coming back. The relationship is also shown in the cover for both the original and the alternate version of the album. In the original, there is a man sleeping by himself, and in the alternate, there is a woman sleeping by herself. Wow, I didn't get the theme at all. I just thought it was sad emo songs. <laughs> I did die when I read that. I was like, huh. Still I was like, I, I need to go back and listen. And I was like, no, I don't. I really don't ever need to go <laughs> you back do. and listen You need to go to back that. and like think through the concept. As you're listening to it. Um, I'll believe it. There's a song in this album called Where Can I Stab Myself in the Ears? 
<laughs> and apparently it's derived from a post on a music forum that was announcing the release of Hawthorne Heights new music on the website Absolute <laughs> We like a band that can laugh at themselves, to be I fair. thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably true, like, at the yeah. time people were probably like, ah. Oh. Saying Sorry is a track on this album and I love that song. It's been okay. in my head. Like, do you know that song? No. Saying mm. sorry this time. Same old story. Yeah? No. No, okay. No idea. Well, this and the first album to me are the same album. Yeah. They sound the same. They could be the same album. You could put them all in the one album and I'd be like, that's the one album. But in November 2005... Do you know what? They were giving me census fail vibes on the first two albums. Oh my... God, spoiler alert. Oh. I literally say that in like another paragraph. Because they're giving sense of smell vibes, yes. obviously. <laughs> but um, yes, even the way he sings, I was getting such sense of fail Buddy Nielsen off him. Yeah. It's like sense of fail have their like little screamo moments as well, which Hawthorne Heights don't on mm-hmm. these albums. But the like singing part, I was like, this is so sense of fail. And I was like, I bet I bet Claire does like Hawthorne Heights because they sound like sense of fail. <laughs> Victory Records, Sense of Fail, Hawthorne Heights, it's all the same. So in November 2005, they made the announcement that this album would be released in three months' time and Saying Sorry is made available for streaming solely on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day through their MySpace profile. What a time to be Imagine Christmas Day being like, sorry, mom, go download this emo song. (laughs) (laughs) That would definitely be something I would do. (laughs) It's my Christmas present to myself, mom. You wouldn't understand. Saying Sorry. (laughs) In January 2006, the band toured the UK with Still Remains, Aiden and Bullet For My Valentine, Followed by a US tour in February and March with Emery and Berlin, June and Bleed the Dream. They then toured with Fallout Boy on their North American tour known as the Black Clouds and Underdogs tour. Well, we've definitely talked about that tour before. Yeah. And Hot and Nights were on it. And while promoting this album, they also appeared on a Jimmy Kimmel Live. Everyone has to be done. <laughs> it's just like a rite of passage. Yeah. In August 2007, the band had a bust up with Victory Records. Also has to be done, apparently. It does. Like, we may as well be writing the same episode. Like, we just put blanks where the band's names are. And then <laughs> insert band name here. Then someone left. Then they fought with Victory Records. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And that then is... they had an album that where they went metal as opposed to... <laughs> they said, this album is heavier than anything we ever wrote before. <laughs> and then someone left. <laughs> So they had a bust up citing a lack of royalty payments. Mm. They announced in a manifesto on their website that they were leaving the label and filing a lawsuit in which they accused Victory Records of severely damaging the band's reputation and relationship with their fans. Mm. What do you mean by this? Do you ask? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I ask. Tony's like, I couldn't give a shit. (laughs) Go on. Humor me. Wow. This is random, if I do say so myself. In 2006, as Hawthorne Heights were readying for the release of If Only You Were Lonely, Victory Records issued two statements to fans through the band's mailing lists, as well as their MySpace profile, and said, Rock music needs your support, and the number one slot belongs to us. They also pleaded with fans to go into chain stores to make sure Hawthorne Heights' album was in stock and to sabotage the sales count of Neo's record, which has been released on the same day. Do you know what's so sad? It's like, you definitely know people did that as well. Like, you know that. So Hawthorne Heights had this beef with Neo and the statements, this was shocking when I read it, (laughs) they openly encouraged fans to pick up a load of Neo albums as if they were about to buy them and then basically dump them in another part of the store. Because even though that store might have loads of stock, 
Relocating it will cause issues because the store will appear to be out of stock, but the computer will see it as in stock and they therefore won't order any more. And then Neo will lose sales later in the week. And I just can't help myself <laughs> away. But isn't that awful? Yeah. And there was definitely like hordes of emo fans going in there. And poor Neo's probably sitting there being like, what went wrong in 2006? <laughs> was this him holding his trilby? Because that's how I imagine Neo. And then you did this motion with your hand. <laughs> just head down with the trilby crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the band have said that this was all done by Tony Brummel and they weren't involved in the statements at all. Victory Records went on to counter Sue, as they do, accusing them of breach of contract, which is what they seem to do with all bands that file lawsuits against them. They're like, nope, you broke your contract. It's interesting because in the A Day to Remember episode when we had this exact conversation, I was kind of like, hmm, I wonder which side is true. I wonder, you know, like yeah. who's in the right, who's in the wrong here, because you don't really know. But now I'm like, well, it happened with other bands. So I'm yeah. like, hmm, I think I know who to believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So a judge dismissed two of the three claims in the band's suit in October 2006 and a few months later, in March 2007, a federal judge ruled that Victory Records does not actually hold exclusive rights for the band's recording services. This meant that Hawthorne Heights were still contractually bound to deliver two albums to Victory, but they could also record albums that could be released elsewhere. Hmm. So due to the complications they were having with Victory, a live CD slash DVD that was intended to be recorded on tour in 2006 was cancelled. And thank God, because we yeah, did not have to about that. <laughs> <laughs> the band began an American tour in November 2007 when tragedy struck. Okay. This is where it all goes. Oh, great. Yeah. You ready? Love a downer episode. I know. <laughs> so just one day after the tour began in Detroit, rhythm guitarist Casey Calvert was found dead on the band's tour bus. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Age just 26. Casey had died in his sleep and his body was discovered before the band went to carry out a sound check in a club in Washington, D.C., An autopsy ruled his death as accidental as a result of combined drug intoxication. A pharmacologist at a research institute in America was interviewed by MTV News and he stated that cases like Casey's are so rare they're almost non-existent. Cytolopram? Is that how you pronounce that? Sure. Sure. And Revitril were found in a system which are prescription drugs used to treat depression and panic attacks. And Casey had also been prescribed Vicodin following a root canal procedure he had done just before he left for tour. So basically all those combined caused him to die. Isn't that why when you go to the doctor before they prescribe you anything, they ask you what other medication you're taking? Yeah, yeah. Drummer Aaron was quick to clear up any suspicion of substance abuse and addiction and issued a statement in which he said Casey had battled with depression for forever, but he had finally gotten it under control and the image people were conjuring up couldn't be further from the truth. That's really sad. That's super sad. Imagine being on tour and be like so excited, going to do the sound check and he's just dead. Yeah. And then everyone's like, ha, drug overdose. Yeah. And it's like, no, not like that. Yeah, so sad. And it's sad that he finally got his depression under control as well. And then... And then something like that, yeah. Just a root canal took him out. Look after your teeth, guys. That's just... <laughs> look after what medication you're taking. Yes. That it doesn't interfere Always with other medication. But following Casey's death, JT stated that they will not be replacing him with another guitar player, a screamer. And said that in all their albums, it will always say Casey Calvert guitar vocals. I mean, it's cute, but I don't understand the logistics of it. Because he's always going to be part of the band. Okay. But like, oh, Danny is just... (laughs) If one of our band members died, you'd be like, nah, let's not even go to the funeral. I'd be like, you, play the drums. (laughs) Learn to play drums. That's how we got our original drummers, though. It's how I can get another drummer. <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> the effects on the band, both musically and personally, were evident. They returned in 2008 with a new album, Fragile Future. 
JT said, after spending the last while in a deep dark place, we decided to try and find the bright lights again with Fragile Future. Drummer Aaron also added, with the loss of Casey and no plans to replace him, we've had to make some obvious changes to our sound on this record. Do you agree with that? Yeah, there there, there was a change after that. Um, album. The first two albums. Yeah. Yeah. This is because he was the screamer. So there's no screams on this album. Not that there was many in the first, yeah. to be fair. Fragile Future is definitely more closer to pop rock than emo and there's obviously a noticeable absence of harsh vocals this album was actually released through victory records oh so was this like them fulfilling their contract yeah kind of despite thing? the lawsuits that had gone down they made friends again and said let's release another shit album anyway <laughs> <laughs> so the song four became one was written about the death of casey and its lyrics include five became four four became one do you know what i was reading that or reading i was listening to that and I was like, what's this about? Because I kept thinking that everything was about like relationships breaking up. So then I was like, five, five, become what? I was like, what? When to become one. <laughs> I, I was getting real good. I couldn't understand what they were talking about. Yeah. I never thought about like the band. <laughs> yeah. Sugar in the Engine is also dedicated to Casey. And at the end of the song, JT can be heard speaking about him. The album was middle of the range in terms of reviews, debuting at number 23 on the Billboard 200 and getting a 3.5 out of 5 rating from Alternative Press. And I felt that way. Just kind of just like, well, that was a nice album. Next. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about all of them. In February 2009, it was announced that Hawthorne Heights had signed to Wind Up Records, which was an independent label, and they would release their next album later that year. Just churn them out. Churn them out. Make me listen to 12 albums, why don't you? <laughs> in May, they travelled to California for two months to record this album. They also revealed that while there was not a new member and no replacements, the new album would feature a new screamer, in inverted commas. This turned out to be Micah Carley, the other guitarist in Hawthorne Heights. Okay, I was going to get them and be like, oh, they're like, we're never going to replace him. And then they're like, oh, we have a new guy. But I suppose they got they got around it because they're using someone who's already in the yeah, band. Yeah, which is fair enough. Fair enough, we'll let them have that one. This album was called Skeletons and was produced by Howard Benson. Good man. Yeah, but that's where they fell down. They needed John. Oh, well. (laughs) Then they'd have a good album. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. The title came from the idea that the band took their sound down to the essentials or the skeleton of who they were as a band and then tried some new skins and added some flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I totally got that when I saw Mm -hmm. that album name. (laughs) That's exactly it. Despite their announcement earlier in the year, Skeletons wasn't released until June 2010. Their fourth album received positive reviews with one website called room13.com giving it 12 out of 13 and <laughs> stating for those that fell in love with Hawthorne Heights six years ago, Skeletons will merely reaffirm their passion for a band that has survived so much in such a short time. This review, if you know you ever want to fall asleep at night, it's so long. It's one of those reviews that goes into every single song. Yeah. And she's so passionate about every single song. I was like, I'm just going to sum it all up there. <laughs> Skeletons is much similar to their first two albums in sound. I feel like that third album was just a transition period. Yeah. I found like the first two were very similar. And then after that, like they started to experiment a bit more and try different things. But then sometimes it was a bit all over the place. Like it wasn't cohesive and it was a bit like, I don't know if you should be trying that, man. (laughs) Just go back to play Ohio's for lovers. (laughs) Cut your wrists and black your eyes again. And during this time period, the frontman for the band, JT, also began playing several solo acoustic shows with material he'd written outside of Hawthorne Heights. Oh, and did you do that under his own name? Yeah. Okay. 
I just made that His up. name is familiar to me. JT Woodruff. Even yeah. though I've never like looked into or listened to other nights. The name's familiar. So Maybe you like him. No, I don't. No. Because I don't if you think, think I managed to, to listen to all that in between all the Hotter Nights stuff, you'd be wrong. Well, I didn't even know about it. Yeah. So. But how does he have so much... Again, we're back to these bands that whip out the albums and the songs. Like, how do they have that much content? Well, if you're making it that mediocre, it's probably easier. Ooh, oh, harsh words. words. <laughs> <laughs> but Wind Up Records didn't last long as the band parted ways with them the following year and created their own record label called Cardboard Empire, which also seems to be a thing with bands too, where they kind of self-release at least one album in yeah. their career. They're like, fuck record labels, we're doing it ourselves. Yeah, and then they're like, wait a second, we can't do this. <laughs> so the band then planned to release a trilogy of EPs, also known as Extended Place, beginning with the Hate EP in August 2011 and the others following four or five months after. They're quite long for EPs. I didn't realise they were EPs. Yeah, neither did I. I did realise that the three were obviously connected. I didn't until I read this. <laughs> really? Well, okay, I didn't pay... Do you know what my problem was? I didn't listen to them really in order. I kind of did that thing where I skip around them all. So I forgot because obviously if you listen to them one after another, the first song is the same yeah. on the first three of them. So. There was a kid. Who, oh God. Something about his daddy left and then he something or other. They were hard going. <laughs> that was a bad time in my life. Sitting on the bus listening to I was going to say, I that. can imagine you on the bus being like, ugh. Nearly jumping out the window. <laughs> There was a kid. I was like, what is this? I know, yeah, when I heard it, I was like, oh no, is this going to be the whole album? And then the fact that they did three of that same song, one for each EP, like, get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) And then the second EP, sorry, skipping ahead here, but it's this first song is There Was a Kid Part 2. Yeah. And then the second song on the album has, like, kids singing and playing in the background or something. And I was like, fuck this kid's album anyway. (laughs) what is this get the kids involved (laughs) so between the releases of the EP the band were touring North America the Hate EP is the first release by the band to have a title track interesting fact wow (laughs) although it's considered as an EP like we said with nine songs it is intended as a full album by the band so JT describes the songs as a lot heavier than anything they've ever done which I didn't get when I listened to this this was where I was getting very sensey sensey senses faily Mm. vibes off them didn't think it was heavier yeah just a bit more screaming in it I think yeah and the second EP in the trilogy Hope was announced with the release date of June 2012 so they didn't quite stick to their four or five months schedule between each one and like the Hate EP it contained a title track amongst its eight songs and the song New Winter was the first single from the EP and was the only song to be featured on MTV in almost five years because why else would MTV put them on (laughs) (laughs) that's fair (laughs) while touring with this record in 2011 they recorded an interview in a bathtub which is just an awkward interview where the guy asking questions is topless in the bathtub and two members of Halter and Heights are fully clothed just sitting on the edge with their feet in it oh no it's very awkward like you can tell they just want to die I don't know but it seems to be a thing like interviewing a bathtub and there's this guy like topless in a bathtub and two I feel like it's different if they're all on the same level but like it's like the band are looking down on him like who's this weird man yeah in the and back? the band are like fully clothed yeah. yeah it's really weird no anyway so forget lineup changes because Hawthorne Heights are down with the record label changes okay who so are we going to now yeah in February 2013 it was announced they had signed with Sony slash Red River Entertainment and were in the process of recording their new LP which was tipped to be released that summer in conjunction with them returning to Warped Tour for the first time in six years this is 
so is this why they have a random album in the middle of the yes. trilogy? Yes. Because I was yes, like, yes, what? Yes. what I know, I was like, here? what happened to the trilogy? The amount of times I wanted to Google it just to figure out what was going on, but I was like, that's against the rules. I can't Google it, but I was like... Oh, is it against the rules? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, I've never Googled anything about the bands that you were. But I was like, hate, hope and hurt have to be related. They all have, there was a kid on it. They're all like, have similar titles. So I was like, they're obviously connected but then in the middle there's just like a random other random album mom, yeah it's this one this is where they were like oh shit we can't do this by ourselves and they released a statement about the signing saying life as an independent artist had its bonuses but there were a lot of things that were simply unattainable during that period of our career working with a top tier producer and the exposure that red distri- distribution offers being two prime examples and i respect that because they respected their shortcomings and weren't afraid to say it yeah well, that's fair it's like in my job, I work with people who are looking for employment and the amount of people that are like, I'll just go self-employed and work for myself. And like, people think that's no big deal. And it's like, that's so that's very much hard. hard. Yeah. Harder than like working for somebody. Yep. As part of this announcement, Mark Macmillan, who was a touring member for years, was announced as a permanent member of the band. They also put the final EP from the EP trilogy on hold, like we said. And I read a super in-depth review of this album as well. Which finished by saying Hawthorne Heights hit close to home with topics expressed in zero and said the atmosphere created is an experience no one should miss out on. Okay. How do you feel about that one? Mm. <laughs> I could have missed out on it. Yeah. I don't think my life would have been any worse for it. No, absolutely not. With the trilogy, I didn't enjoy them, but I kind of got into their sound. Like I kind of just got used to their yeah. sound. And then that in the middle was like, it just felt really different. And I was like, what? Wait, what are we doing here? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't... It was slow or something, that one, I think, wasn't it? It was a bit slow. Yeah, yeah. like, it was a bit I more, like, chill or, like... Mm. They're getting older and they're... Yeah. You know, At not least when as it's kind of boppy, as they used to be. Even though it's not good, if it's boppy, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah this, this is fine. But, like, when yeah. it's slow, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 2014, they kicked off a tour to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of The Silence in Black and White in none other than Fibbers in Dublin. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Why did I miss that? I would have gone. Would you? Just for Ohio's for lovers. <laughs> <laughs> they also released an acoustic version of this album. Did you listen to it? No, I did not. I listened to one song on it and it's one of those ones where it's was like... Was it Ohio's for lovers? No, it actually wasn't. <laughs> but it was like... It's one of those things where it's not really acoustic, do you know? Mm. They still have bits it, and bobs that are not acoustic. Like it's not just an acoustic guitar. It's like no. other shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, mm, can we really call it that? Just- there's shit going on wow <laughs> <laughs> I really felt strongly about this band <laughs> just so before this tour drummer Erwan left to found a music startup because he was looking for an excuse to get off the road after 10 years of constantly touring so he just has all these random businesses now and the following year guitarist Micah followed suit and left to pursue other ventures and there seemed to be no beef there was no statements there was no back and forth you know just I left, I did my own thing and nobody said a word about it. I think that's really hard. Like if you were in a band with somebody for years and years, like how many years are we talking at this stage? 10 years. Too many. (laughs) 10 years of the first, like since the first album. So even longer that they've been in a band together. Yeah. Even if you knew your friend in the band was unhappy and wanted to do other things, I'd still feel a bit like a traitor. (laughs) How dare you leave me? Like this is our thing and you're just going to leave. Like... It won't be the same without them. Yeah. I'd also feel, find it very hard not to release some statement or throw in a snide comment in an interview being like, yeah, fuck them. Do you know? Yeah, well, that's kind of your personality. I so. know. I know. 
No, I can definitely lie and do the nice like statement about it, but I just feel like I would. I love that. I could definitely lie and be so two-faced. But I would be, I think I would be hurt by it, even though I want what's best for my friend, I'd still be like, yeah, what about me and the band? And the fact that they left one after another. Yeah. It's like when a staff member leaves and work and then a few months later someone else does, I'm like, I hate you, get out of here. It's like even at my job, like we've all had a pretty bad week in my job this week, uh, as I said, fuck the moon. (laughs) But I feel like when someone is like, well, I'm going to apply for other jobs. I'm like, how dare you? Yeah, it's you? like we're in this shit together. <laughs> how dare you want better things for yeah. your life? That is so rude Why and so you? disrespectful to me. <laughs> we should all be crawling this cesspit together. Like, <laughs> oh, So the final EP in their trilogy, Hurt, was self-released through Cardboard Empire in September 2015. So this EP, I'm sure you got this when you listen to it now. It's supposed to combine the elements of the Hate and Hope EP and conclude the story of a kid navigating his way through life. There was a kid. kid. <laughs> a reviewer of the EP mentioned how their lyrics have always been a sticking point and the main thing that people point out as cringe. But apparently the lyrics in this one is a bit less cringe. Were they? 2018 saw them release their sixth full-length studio album called Bad Frequencies. And another turn of events, this album was released through the record label Pure Noise. Okay. So the album was written over the course of 2017 while the band was touring. JT said they played 170 shows in 2017 and wrote every moment that they could then record an album. I'd be so tired. So they they never slept. They never slept. The album talks a lot about growing up and reflecting back on the past with the last song Pills reflecting on the loss of someone you care about. So that's throwback to your man again. I don't know. I assume so when I read this. What else would they be talking about? Hmm. One of the things I saw mentioned about Hawthorne Heights again and again in reviews is how they find a way to move forward with their music while looking back on the past. Did you feel that? No, I felt like all their music has always been the same all these years and they've tried different things and it's been shite. I think that's what they meant by like moving forward was them like trying bits but they're still really cringe and emo. Okay. I don't know. And this album in particular really like I couldn't get behind it at all. Maybe I just had had enough by this stage yeah, or something, but I was really like, we're still going. <laughs> I went back and listened to this one. I don't know why. After I listened to them all, I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to this one. I actually quite liked it when I listened to it the second round. But the first time, I think I was just like, oh, come on. There's just no fun when you're forced to listen to something. Yeah. If we just listened to that off like our own bat, we probably wouldn't find it that bad. Maybe. Maybe it was just so, because there was just so many albums to listen to so and it was just albums. really like, another one, another one, and they're all the same. Another one. <laughs> DJ Khaled. Hawthorne <laughs> Heights supported Silverstein on their 15 year anniversary tour of their debut album. Hawthorne Heights and Silverstein are good little mates because they were both signed to Victory Records and they played numerous tours together. Okay. And they were both on the tour with Bayside when uh, Bayside's drummer died in that car crash, bus crash. Oh, another sad story. Another sad story. That's what I'm all about, guys. That's what I'm all about. So they're like bonded, you know? Trauma bonding. Yeah, a bit like us. <laughs> In 2019, they released Lost Frequencies, which is a collection of B-sides and rarities. I fucking hated this. I didn't mind it. All the covers. The covers were so bad. Okay, sorry. When I say I didn't mind it, the first two songs on it, I was like, these are decent. Then I skipped the rest. I didn't really realise until I was like listening to it. And I was like, I know this song. And then I was like, it turned out it was like... The same song? No, I think it was like the Offspring cover. Like, because they have like, is it different versions of songs from different albums of theirs? And I was like, this sounds familiar. And it turned out it was one of their songs, I think, from a different album. But then they went to covers. And there was, I think, The Offspring. There's um, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And there's a Billie Eilish song, Eight. Yeah. 
which like I love that song like the original and when I saw it I was like anxious to press play because I was like this is gonna be good reader it wasn't good reader I was very upset about it I turned it off after a few seconds I was like fuck you guys I just don't think covers are ever really that good that's a lie well okay sorry unless it's on pop goes punk no but also loveless do really good covers that's true I'm I'm having a loveless phase at the minute well good in my life but also the musicians (laughs) the the lie detector determined that was a lie (laughs) you're having a love full life but anyway move on it's because I love you no they do really good covers they do that's true yeah no people can do good covers but Hawthorne Heights cannot I think it depends on what song you pick to cover you have to be capable of covering but like I didn't like that since you've been gone cover I was like bad song to pick wow and Billy Eilish how many years of friendship over <laughs> I feel like we say this every episode <laughs> yeah I just I don't know no okay so anyway moving on we did that episode last week yeah and you didn't tell me your controversial opinions then well it was just it just sounded the same except they had guitars in it do you know no and then it gets heavier mm. and they have screaming in it and everything no, I just... you didn't listen to it enough oh okay back to Alder Heights <laughs> In 2020, they announced a 38-day virtual video tour at empty venues across the US in support of local music scenes. Oh. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's 2020, so it's COVID, but like, yeah. also... Yeah, I didn't really get it. Empty venues sounds so upsetting. It says, imagine going into 38 venues. <laughs> Not one person there and being like, cut my wrists. I mean... I feel like they could have done it in one venue. Why did they have to go to 38 different places? It's not oh, like you're playing yeah. to different crowds. It's just like a different <laughs> room. That's so true. But maybe it was to like support the local scene in that town or something. How are you supporting? I because you're like drumming up. I don't know. I'm don't just know. trying to think outside the box here. In 2021, in their first post-pandemic tour with Bayside and Senses Fail, they released their seventh full-length album called The Rain Just Follows Me. Again, through Pure Noise Records. Yeah, that even the title got me with that one. The rain just follows me everywhere I go. Just imagine one of those people with the little rain cloud. Yeah, following rain cloud. <laughs> Why can't I speak? Rain cloud. my leg. You absolute creep. <laughs> it's all getting out of hand here, guys. <laughs> First you ended our friendship, and now this. Now you're touching me. Trying to win me back. <laughs> it's the clouds. I'm sorry. <sighs> you can't tell, but I have no pants on. <laughs> You have pants on. Oh, you Tiny call little shorts. Pants. Right, yeah, get it. <laughs> you don't know what I have under these shorts. <laughs> well, you pulled the long hair out of them earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a lie. Oh dear, it was from my head. <laughs> uh huh. Continue. Okay. So this album features a few guest artists. Did you get them? Uh, did I get? I can't remember. So it was Brendan Murphy from Counterparts, Anthony Ranieri from Bayside, and your man from Yellowcard. See, I wouldn't have known their names if I'd seen them I didn't in the know credits, them. to be fair. I the only person were. I knew when I heard it was your man from Bayside. I was like, oh, that's the singer from Bayside. The other two had a clue. Don't know what your man from Yellow Card's name is. Didn't bother looking it up. <laughs> Mr. Um, Yellow. <laughs> Mr. Yellow Card. Mr. Mr. Card. Yellow. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Danny. Thank God I'm not doing this episode in a week because we would have had another EP to listen to. Oh, God. <laughs> On the 8th of September, Hawthorne Heights will release Lost Lights through Pure Noise Records. Aren't you glad? I do have a question though. Yeah. I, I swear I listened to like at least 11 albums. So how was that only their eighth album? What did I listen to? 
Well, they had loads like that. They had all the ones in between of like they had an instrumental in there. At some oh, stage. I didn't listen to an instrumental yeah, album yeah. in there. Let's, they let's had the real. acoustic one. Don't know. I have no idea what I was listening to, but I definitely listened to more than eight. Maybe just felt like more than eight. No, de- I oh, was taking notes sorry. and everything. This was their. So that was their seventh. Seventh full length. So that doesn't include the EPs. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, listening to Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, that's us up to date with the records. Thank fuck. Yeah, that's all the fun part over with. I can tell you enjoyed it so much. Mm. So also, now, just like in similar news to that, I saw that Escape the Fate released a new album this week. I did not listen to it. No. Um, I, I did enough of listening to Escape the Fate. But all I saw on Twitter was people being like, what the fuck? I'm done with them. This is awful. Um, oh. So I've just seen negative things on Twitter. Oh. Now, whether that's the people that come up on my Twitter or whether that's like the general consensus. Because <laughs> you only follow angry <laughs> My Twitter feed is the wildest place. Well, the Foundation's Twitter feed. I don't even have my own Twitter feed. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to it now. Just to see. I don't know. I saw some guy like write quite a detailed review. But he was like, it's like all the same and blah 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 it's very generic and kind of and I was like that's how I felt about all their albums yeah so, I don't know if it's anything like interesting I don't know I would uh, yeah I would just expect the same sound to come out of them again yeah because there were so many albums that were so similar so yeah I figure it's just the same old well now we're on to the pervert section great yay however we need to come up with a theme tune like pervert stories <laughs> there you go that's it that's the theme, theme tune. tune oh my god I'm so talented <laughs> That is why you were the lead singer of DMJ. <laughs> well, I did not find any pervert stories. Oh, that's disappointing after I came up with a theme song and everything. Christ. I mean, I admit I didn't look too hard because I kind of didn't want to find any because I was like, these lads, you know, they're not causing any hassle. They might have sued their record label. Somebody died. That's about it, you know? So I didn't really want them to be perverts. So kind maybe of like omit history. <laughs> Because you don't want someone to be a pervert. We could have omitted well, that Joel Madden is a pervert if we wanted to. Because Good Charlotte are so wholesome. Well, they're not though if he's a pervert. Exactly. Yeah, but these aren't perverts. So instead, I'm going to end the episode with a section that I'm calling Hawthorne Heights being kind of gas. Hawthorne Heights being kind of gas. <laughs> Doop, gas. Doop, doobity, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So as much as their music wasn't really gripping me the way I thought it might I did listen to various like interviews with them and read various interviews and I do actually like they're really likable as people and I love the way they don't take themselves too seriously they know what made them successful was being emo and they've just stuck to it they're like yeah we're emo respect yeah and you will not agree with this but I get what he's saying JT said in an interview that they know they're not breaking any new ground but emo is what made them famous and why should they be embarrassed about that and he pointed out that our parents' generation aren't saying, God, I can't believe I used to listen to the Beatles. How cringe, because the Beatles were and are still good. Now, I know you might not agree with that, so let's insert other band name here instead of the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of right. Nobody looks back on those kind of bands and goes, God, that was so embarrassing that I used to listen to them. Like, nobody goes, Michael Jackson was my favourite singer. How embarrassing. But they should. They should, but they don't. I mean, he had some bangers, but, like, realistically, can we support that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oh, we got a pervert in. I had to mention yes. one. <laughs> Michael Jackson is a pervert. <laughs> and then this is why they did the cover. Billie Eilish posted a video of herself breakdancing to Nikki FM. And it got millions of views. And JT said he had a young teenage daughter and her friends have literally no idea who he is or who Hawthorne Heights are. But his daughter was like, 
showing them the video of Billy Iris and they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Your dad is so cool. And he was like, yeah, it's great and all, but none of our videos have that much views. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and the band has some cool merch too, including a t-shirt that says, I listened to Hawthorne Heights in high school and unoriginal email. Kind of want them both. Yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and they've spoken about their merch before as saying there's no point in trying to be the next breakthrough fashion line. And they'd rather have someone come up after a show and look at their merch and go, that's funny, than come up and look at some t-shirt with like an elephant on it and be like, that's lame. That's fair. I like a funny t-shirt. Yeah. Like, I, I actually, I follow so many bands on Instagram now and like when I see their merch, I'm just like, I wouldn't wear that. Even yeah. though I like the band, I'm just like, I wouldn't wear that t-shirt. But if it had a funny slogan on it, like I definitely would. Yeah. That's what they were saying. I think, who did I say? I think it was Boston Manor they referenced, but they were like, let's leave all that cool fashion shit to like Boston Manor and all. And he was like, that's not who we are. We mm. don't dress cool. We're from Ohio. We're yeah. just going to wear what we wear. It's like, respect. Actually, I was looking at the Fall Out Boy um, merch because they put it up on their web store because they're finished the American mm-hmm. um, side of the, the So Much for Tourist that we're going to next yes! month. Uh, we're going to the European one, obviously. But they've put up their merch and I was like, I'm just going to have a sneaky peek and see if there's anything there that catches my eye before we go yes, see them. Yes. And I have to say, the merch is fucking disgusting. Is it? It's horrific. There's like pictures of the entire band on t-shirts. I'm like, that's, like I love them, but like that's very like I'm not wearing their four faces on a t-shirt, and they're kind of like quirky and colorful and like meant to be fun. But I was like, I just wouldn't wear it. Like no, no way. I just want a little t-shirt that has like the band logo on it. They have some cool stuff that's like take this to your grave anniversary stuff, but I don't know if that's like on the tour or if that was just on their merch store when I looked. Yeah, I don't know if they're bringing it on the tour. But I do think I so- prefer that than like something new that is weird. Yeah, bands try too hard to be, like, cool. Yeah, I think we should just get tattoos instead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Hawthorne Heights are just like, no, nah, you know what? We're not going to do that. But they did not release that um, I listened to Hawthorne Heights in high school t-shirt, obviously, in the UK, because they're like, nobody knows what high school is. We do. Yes, we'd never guess. <laughs> also, we're not in the UK. I don't know why I said we. <laughs> so the band also gave some great advice to none other than Kanye West. In 2020, Kanye posted a series of tweets announcing that he wanted to be released from his contract with Universal and Sony and revealed his plans to possibly sue the labels. Hawthorne Heights responded to his tweets saying, Dear at Kanye West, please don't sue your record label. Trust us, it doesn't work. (laughs) So I thought it was funny. And they also did, this is really cool, a multi-city festival tour called It's For Lovers in 2020 and it's continued into this year and it sounds awesome. They basically just get a whole load of emo bands to play this like little mini festival and then VIP tickets and experiences for the tour include things like Junk a Punk which is a junk tank which has all the band members oh cool and then there's like a MySpace Your Face photo op booth <laughs> I was like that would be so cool it'd be so emo of us and we should go sure and that was it that's, that's it it's the wholesome episode that's it we did it not one pervert it's nice apart it's from nice. Michael Jackson <laughs> we had to bring one in there was a death yeah but the death was not of, you know, their own making. Which is always nice. <laughs> they didn't kill anybody. <laughs> nobody. Not like the yeah, last episode. Nobody went to LOL. jail that we know of. There was no bitter bust-ups that we know of. Nobody said anything mean. Yeah, it was actually very wholesome overall. I.e. that was really boring. Let's never listen to 12 albums from the same band ever again. Yeah, we'll never listen to them no. again. Until no. Until I'm here now. I do. Happening. I will always love their first two albums. 
Like, love, maybe a bit of a stretch. Like. It's so funny that even today I was scrolling through my Spotify, like my last searched bands. Yeah, yeah. And I was scrolling through them and all their nights were there and I was like, oh, I can delete them off the list. Like I took them out of my last search. Like why? I don't know. That's how strongly I felt about it. I'm never going to listen to them again. No, because I listened to a mix today, you know, the daily mixes. Mm. And it was all the bands who've done podcast episodes on. And Hot Nights were in there, but I didn't skip them because I like the songs that were on there. Because they're all the old ones. I don't listen to daily mixes ever. I should. No. Because they're really good music taste. You should listen to mine. I just decide what I'm in the mood for and listen to like a full album of something. Oh, I don't really do that that much these days. Because we do it too much for this. We don't have time. <laughs> True. Literally no time. Sorry, one other thing I wanted to mention before the episode ends. The exciting release from Give Him Hell Clothing. Yes! The girlos at Give Him Hell Clothing have released a kids line. I have already placed an order. Have you? Yeah, of course I did. I need to find a kid to buy something for. <laughs> I'll just buy for your kid, can I? Yeah, because I only bought one t-shirt. There's two t-shirts, so you can buy the other one. <laughs> uh, can I buy for my one-year-old niece? Are we at that range? No, they're like kids' ones. Um, I don't know what the size range is, She could to be grow honest. into it, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, they're really cool. They're like, if you have seen the adult t-shirts, which you should have, because me and Claire wear them all the time, mm-hmm. they're like them, but like small. It's so cute. So cute. So cute. I got one, a matching one for Indy. So me and her can wear the same t-shirt. Uh, I'm, gonna I'm get the worst the mom in the world. <laughs> When she grows up, oh man, she's going to hate me. <laughs> I'm going to get one for Rupert. Yeah, do it. He'd love it. She actually, she turned around to me the other night. I don't know what we were doing or she was talking to me and I just was like, you're really cool, Andy. And she goes, thanks, mom. I think you're really cool. And then I was like, oh, no, you're cool. <laughs> but every time she says that I have to cross, but because it won't be it long won't before her opinion changes. Andy has been coming in and out because she wants to be on the podcast god bless her soul it's so funny she keeps saying things to me and then going right mom <laughs> like looking at danny and going right mom right mom and like she's so american she's so cool mm. so sure of herself <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm so tired <laughs> right well did you pick your song to skip yes it's um, i can't remember the name of it off the top oh. of my head. our hearts unite or whole hearts what's it called i have no idea no, do you know what? It's the middle album in between the, the EPs. Sorry, I do like the fact that they have a song called Nikki AM instead of FM. Hollow Hearts Unite. That is oh. it. Horrific. Yeah. And then it's like Hollow Hearts I can't remember how it goes, but I just remember it's like cheesy AF. Well, mine is probably a pretty obvious one. It's There Was a Kid, part one. Two really? and three. How did you choose? <laughs> They're all so awful. I can't believe I didn't think of those as my songs. That was skip, straight I away I was like, them. well, this is what I'm skipping. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So we should change this as in song that you won't ever repeat, but if you had to repeat one. <laughs> Here's the thing. When I was listening to the albums, if a song was like generally okay, I was writing the name down because I was like, this might have to be my song on repeat. This might have to be my song on repeat. And I had one written down. I can't remember what it was called. And then this evening I put it on and I was like, this song is terrible. I was like, I would never repeat. I didn't repeat any songs and I would not. So I'm going to say that my song on repeat is Ohio is for Lovers because it's genuinely the only Hawthorne Heights song I ever want to hear again. Yeah, but that's that's true though. I was actually thinking that earlier when I was in the shower. Don't ask me why. But I was like, that was the same me in a day to remember. My song to repeat was da 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 because it's probably the only one I would. So that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Mine is Saying Sorry. Yeah, I still I don't even know song. what that is. But. It's just saying something. 
But you can hear that and more on our playlist that we're going to make of all the best of other night songs. I know you must all be so excited for it, seeing as we've made this sound so exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited to make the playlist. I can't can't wait to see what Mm -hmm. we choose. (laughs) But also, you should follow us on social media. We are Foundations of Emo on TikTok and on Instagram. And we're Foundations Emo on Twitter or X, if you'd like to call it that. For more exploits, see what we're up to, all the crazy things that happen, videos of us filming this podcast, <laughs> usually just videos of us laughing or like bloopers. <laughs> yeah, or pronouncing words wrong. Yeah. Callouts. We did really well this episode. We and I have to say, we? I've been mispronouncing... Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I've been mispronouncing words wrong all day in work and I actually was like, I can't believe I'm recording a podcast tonight when I cannot speak today. <laughs> but we did well. We yep. haven't announced... What right, our next episode? Yeah, what you're going to force me to listen to now? Great news! They have. I actually. They I, have ten albums. Oh what? Can <laughs> I guess who has ten albums? Oh no! I didn't know. I didn't. Can we check this? Before? And I've already written it. So. It's oh, happening. For fuck's sake! Who is it? I'm actually really excited. I have the al- the album. I have the podcast Sorry, episode already written. But I was really excited before I started this episode. Oh, but you have it written. Okay, fair I enough. have it written. Fair and enough. I'm excited fair to enough. tell this story. And I think learning about the band and writing the episode has made me fall in love with them 10 times more than I already was. So I'm really excited about I it. I don't know who this could be. Go on, tell me. It's Architects. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how, like, oh, well, I suppose I saw them, like, last month, so they've been in my head and I've been listening to them recently, and then I knew they had, like, a good story, so I was like, that's it, that's the episode. I know nothing about them, but also I only know their older stuff, because that time I went to Reading and Leeds that I can't remember, I saw them play there, and that would have been the era when I listened to them, so I have a lot to catch up on, but I'm not mad at that. Yeah, well, I, I am mad about the fact that there's 10 albums, because... Some of them I'm really familiar with and others I've never listened to. And then I was like, oh, when I was writing the episode, I was like, then they released their 10th studio album <laughs> and a tear rolled down my face. <laughs> also, uh, this is how different our personalities are. Danny's already written her next episode. Yes. And I'm just like, my brain needs a break. Yeah. Well, I'm actually I'm happy to have a break now that I don't have that like hanging over that's me. That's true. That's true. Because we're so busy for the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, I thought I was busy with a gig and a wedding next week, but now it's just a wedding. Yeah. All we have to do is listen to Architects for the next two weeks. I can do that. Yeah. I have nothing else to listen to. (laughs) Okay, thanks for listening to this one. Let us know if you still love Hawthorne Heights. I feel bad for them. Okay. Mm, No, I don't feel bad for them, actually. They're still successful. Fuck them. Let us know what you think. Okay, bye.